The Big Howl and Possum Podcast presents How the Possum Stole Christmas. Every Who Boy down in Who Boyville liked Christmas a lot. But the possum who lived in a great big dumpster just north of Who Boyville did not. The possum hated Christmas. The whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. For the life of me, I don't know the reason. It could be, maybe, that his skin was too tight. It could be that his daggone brain wasn't plugged in right. But I think the most likely reason of all was that his brain was way too small. Uh, Big big Al, that says heart. Sorry, Mr. Possum? Uh, it says heart, not brain. It's not a problem with the brain. It's the heart. Oh. Oh, I see. I see. You're right. Okay. But I think the most likely reason of all was that his heart was way too small. There you go. Folks with smaller hearts are just generally more hateful. That's what I think. Yeah, me too. But whatever the reason, his heart or his skin, he stood there on Christmas Eve hating the Who Boys from atop his garbage bin. Staring down from his trash cave with a sour possum sneer at the raging Christmas bonfires below and their coolers stuffed with beer. For he knew every Who Boy down in Who Boy Beneath was busy now putting batteries in a dancing Christmas wreath. And they're filling their stockings with eggnog, which is dumb. The possum growled. Tomorrow is Christmas, and I'll be up here once again sitting on my thumb. Then he growled with his possum fingers nervously drumming. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. For tomorrow, I know all those who boys will wake up good and prompt, and they'll rush for their enormous Bluetooth speakers. The possum imagined it and stomped. And then comes the endless playlist of country tunes. Every single song is just describing exactly what the Who Boys are currently doing. That sounds pretty good. They'll huddle close together with red plastic cups overflowing. And the Who Boys will start singing. Ugh, I hate where this is going. Yeah, let's take a peek at what the Who Boys are up to. That sounds awesome. Till our Seiko radio alarm clocks go off. 
Possum thought about this stuff. The more he thought, I must stop this whole mess. For 50 years, these parties I've resented. I must stop Christmas from coming. But by what method? Then he got an idea. A nasty idea. The possum got a fantastically nasty idea. Ooh-wee, I got me a plan. The possum bellowed from deep in his gross guts. I'll dress up like Santa Claus, break into their houses, and steal all their stuff. Now this was a plan that seemed almost too ambitious. Normally the possum was sluggish and uninspired. But on that night, on Christmas Eve, the possum was feeling vicious. This is gonna be so tight. Old Possum Claws hissed as he climbed to the roof, empty trash bags in his filthy fist. Then he slid down the chimney, slow and not very awesome. But if Santa could do it, then so could the Possum. He got stuck more than once for an hour or two. Then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flue. Where the Hoo Boy stockings hung in a row, These socks are full of eggnog and they've got to go. Then he waddled and wobbled about the room, stealing every trinket. And every stocking full of nog, best believe he would drink it. He did this to every house and couldn't believe his passion. I followed through with a nasty idea and with such style and fashion. It was almost sunrise. All the Who Boys in their sleep number beds. All the Who Boys deep in their quality slumber. As the possum packed up his sled. Packed it up with their flip-flops, their ball caps, their Ray-Bans. 
They're bagged popcorn and Pringles. They're stewed meat in a can. 10,000 feet up, up the side of Mount Dumpet, he rode with his load to the tippy top to Tumpet. The Who Boys are Poo Poo Boys. He was possibly hissing. They're finding out now that their holiday is missing. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Who Boys down in Who Boyville will all cry, Boo Hoo Boy. That's a ruckus, spake the possum, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the possum put a paw to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising higher and higher. It grew like the many Who Boy bonfires. But this sound wasn't sad. Why, this sound sounded rad. Every Who Boy in Who Boyville from friendly to rude, was hollering out, Merry Christmas, my dude. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, the dang thing came to all the same. And the possum, plum frozen from his toes to his neck, stood grumbling and bumbling. What the dang heck? It came without Ray-Bans. It came without S'mores. It came without popcorn, Pringles, or Denty Moore. He spittered and sputtered till his spitter was dry. Then the possum began to pathetically cry. Wait a minute. He cried and he cried and he cried and he cried. He continued to cry until the day that he... Hey, that's not how it goes, buddy. Okay. There's not all that crying in there. Sorry, I just got a little carried away, I guess. Now, what happens next is I say, maybe Christmas, he thought, isn't Ray-Bans or food. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, is a vibe or a mood. And what happened then? Well, in Hooboyville, they say, the possum's brain, heart, grew three sizes that day. And then the true vibe of Christmas came to him. And the possum, in a moment, Became less of a whip. And now that his brain didn't feel quite so slight. No, it's heart didn't feel quite so tight. Heart, not the brain. I'm smart in this story. He whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. With a joyous but still hideous grin, he descended Mount Dumpet, cheerily blowing, Who boy? On his trumpet. He rode into Who Boyville. He brought back their toys. He brought back their Bluetooths and flip-flops to the Who Boys. He brought back their Yeti coolers and their folding lounge chairs. Brought back their Jack, their Fireball, and made sure all their Bluetooths were paired. He brought everything back, all the food for the meal. And he himself, the possum, spooned out the stew. What a sweet deal. Welcome, Christmas. Bring your cheer. Beers to all the he-boys far and near. Christmas Day is in our reach, so long as we have wealthy in-laws on which to leech. Christmas Day will always be, just as long as we have money for a Nintendo Wii. (laughs) Welcome, Christmas. 
while we stand here intoxicated, heart to heart, and fishing lines good and baited. My Christmas pudding is not for you. 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 Here's some information that you should not eschew. My Christmas pudding is not for you. My Christmas pudding is soft and sweet. It jiggles when you shake it, and it's all for me. If you should try to sneak a taste of my Christmas pud, I'll ride you like a sled around my neighborhood. No offense, but my Christmas pudding's just so good, and it's mine. My grandma made it for me, cause it's Christmas time. My Christmas pudding is not for you. My Christmas pudding is not for you. Frosty the snowman tried to taste my Christmas pudding. I took that hat right off his head and shouted, no you didn't. Ebenezer Scrooge tried to taste my pudding. What a jerk. And now the ghost of Christmas future is out looking for work. Little Charlie Brown was fooling around and tried to lick my bowl. I kicked him like a football and he finally made that goal. The Grinch heard of my pudding, so he hatched a little scheme. So I framed him for murder, now he's locked up in the clink. Santa Claus entered my house through the chimney on Christmas Eve. He spotted me in front of the TV enjoying my pudding. He ho-ho-hoed and asked if he could have a little bite. So I called the cops and they dragged him off and now he's doing time. My Christmas pudding is not for you. My Christmas pudding is not for you. Emmett Otter thought he oughta approach my pudding just to try it. Well, let's just say I put him on a very long-term diet. That kid from Christmas Story thought trying my pudding would be fun. I shot the spoon out of his hand with his own 
I think it's about time you uh stumble off into slumberland, Mr. Possum. Let's get you off to bed. I don't want to go to slumberland yet. Well, you got to go to sleep or Santa's not going to come and give you gifts. Come on, read me that dumb poem you always read every year. Aren't you getting a little bit old for the night before Christmas poem, Mr. Possum? I suppose I'm too old for most things, but I still like them, so do it. Read me the poem. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Here's the thing about that. It's like you admit that there's a the house is just lousy with mice, but it's just that they're sleeping good and they're not stirring. Yeah, they should be off stirring. They should be making some uh, making a good sauce for the you know their mouse holiday or whatever. Oh, <laughs> toot toot! Like they're stirring toot, a toot. stew. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of feel like this this house is gross. You know, this poem starts out and it's like, "Twas the night before Christmas and the house was so gross." Well, I mean, lots of lots of perfectly normal houses have, you know, the occasional mouse problem. Yeah. But if, if it's in the middle of the night and you've got mice and they're not stirring, they're probably sick. They're probably diseased. I think it's better if they're stirring. Because like, that's when they're active when you sleep. So this is a house with, with, a, with mice that have a festering disease. And it's causing the mice to sleep at the time that the mice should actually be up. Yes. Okay. That's all. That's all. No, that's a good little bit of uh, setting the scene, I guess. Maybe we're on the eve of a plague as well. Right. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. All right. Crazy children. That's unsettling. You want to criticize the children for their dreams now, Mr. Possum? You're the dream police. Yeah, I'm a dream police. Pull over. Let me check out your dreams. Oh, sugar plums? That's crazy. Yeah, sugar plums are dancing. I'm gonna let you off with a warning this time, but next time have tighter dreams. Sugar plums, come on. What is a sugar plum, Mr. Possum? I think it's a it's a plum that's extra sugary. That it's been dunked in sugar. Uh, I'm gonna have one of our producers look that up real quick. What is what is a sugar plum? Okay, they are not actually sugar-coated plums, Mr. Possum. According to candy historians in the Oxford English Dictionary, a sugar plum is a comfit. That is, a seed, nut, or scrap of spice coated with a layer of hard sugar. Ugh, a scrap of spice? Like the crunchy outer case of an M&M. So it's, it's sort of an, er- a sugar plum is an earlier version of an M&M. Yuck. Which is, I didn't know M&M's were called comfits. Yeah, I've never heard that term, comfit. We're basically talking about some peanut M&M's dancing around. The kids were dreaming of peanut M&M's in their beds. Which I'll admit, I've had more than one dream where the peanut M&M, big yellow guy, is dancing for me. So I I now take issue with you saying the children are crazy. I I don't ever dream about peanut M&M's. I have dreams about the green ones. Stop that, Mr. Possum. Try to have a nice wholesome moment here. Don't bring up the green M&M. Sorry. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter nap. Who calls sleeping for the night a winter nap? 
Also, how come the guy gets the cap? He gets, like, the Scrooge cap? What do you mean in her kerchief? Why would you sleep in a kerchief? I guess it would be more chivalrous to let Mama have your warm winter cap. When out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash. Tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> my papa, old Papa Dottie, he always, he always used to stop there and pretend like that was a page turn. Oh, it gets me every year. I'm like, oh, why is this child always running to the window and puking out the window? And then I'm like, oh, so yeah, this part's tight. That's a great joke. That is That's great. Said, it's a great yearly joke. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow. Now be mature there, Mr. Possum. I'm not saying nothing. Being good. Gave a luster of midday to objects below. This guy's a fool. It's like, oh, the moon makes it look like midday. It's like, no, it's moonlight. This guy never seen the moon before. Is this the same guy that wrote that Dancing in the Moonlight song where he's just amazed at the moon like he's never seen it before? Well, I think I, it sounds like this guy leads a pretty buttoned-up life, and he probably goes to bed pretty much when the sun goes down. Doesn't like wasting candles, you know? Yeah, he looks out and sees the moon, and he's like, what is this weird night sun? When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. Miniature? Huh. I didn't realize Santa was so small. I suppose... We're saying here that he has to be small to sneak in and out of all these houses and do do all the stuff St. Nick does. I really don't need logic involved here. Like, oh, he's small, I get it now. It's like the, the elephant in the room is that he's magical and he's coming down here. I don't care how big he is. Yeah, this is something that doesn't get talked about enough is that apparently, uh, apparently Santa Claus at this time was like toy-sized himself. I don't know. Maybe he could ride around on like a, on a, on a regular train set. So, um... I'd like to see that. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Uh, with a little old driver, so lively and quick. Little old driver, so mm -hmm. lively and quick. I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. Why, that man's miniature. That must be St. Nick. Yes, that checks out. More rapid than eagles, his coursers, they came. What? And he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. You'd think by now, and you'd think with all the work he has to do that night, that he would have abbreviated his calls to where he doesn't have to call the name of every single reindeer. Every yeah, time. exactly. All he's got to do is be like, hey, reindeer, let's go. You know, it's like he's not giving specific orders to each one, so there's no need to say out their dang names and no and there's nobody else there you know to the top of the porch to the top of the wall now he's that does sound like a little like a really tiny little creature right mm -hmm. like we got to fly up to the top of the porch yeah weird to the top of the porch to the top of the wall now dash away dash away dash away all as dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew 
with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. St. Nicholas and, the, and his and his eight tiny little reindeer. Yep, there's uh, a tiny fat saint who just landed on the roof with squirrel-sized reindeer. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. Oh, he's gonna come in here. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He came tumbling down that thing. Yeah. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot. And his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. I like that. I like that they put in the detail of how filthy he gets coming down these chimneys. He's probably got, like, dead birds in his pants, too, you know? Because there's a lot of birds that unfortunately die in the chimneys every year. Well, that's nice to think about and bring up uh, in the midst of Night Before Christmas. I mean, it's like... This poem was written a long time ago. Back then, people needed their fireplace to keep their houses warm, right? Right. But on Christmas night, they had to leave it unlit so that they didn't burn Santa alive. So they're freezing in their beds, waiting for this guy to show up, which is like a contractor. He's like, I don't know, I'll be there between 10 and 10. You know, gives you this giant window, which is an inconvenient when all he's got to do is just come in the front door. I mean, I think it's a better polite way to do business just to be like, hey, tonight I'm going to come uh, to your house and bring you some stuff. Could you just leave a key out or leave the door unlocked for me? Right. Just saying. 
a bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled. His dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, and his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. It's weird, like the way they describe him. I kind of want to eat him. Is that just me? Why, because his beard is white? Or are you talking about how his nose is like a cherry? His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. I'm like, mm, mm, you just a little treat coming down my chimney. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been toasted for you. Mm, I bet he smells good, too. He probably smells like Christmas spice. Or at least like spicy Christmas gravy. I think he smells like a dead bird and soot, like we said earlier. Yeah, I still would. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He's vaping. Yeah, Santa's puffing fat clouds. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. Again, I want to eat this man. Yeah, he's stuffed He's stuffed like a donut. He is stuffed like a donut. Mm. I bet he's like all powdered up with gold bond. Because it's like a lot of chafing and sweating out there in, the, in those clothes out in the night. Let me stop you there, Mr. Possum. I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about the gold bond that he's wearing. Ah, come on, old men always powder up before they know they're gonna sweat. That's what makes him a wise old man. Uh-huh. I bet he's right. like a powdered jelly donut. I'll okay. let you continue. All right. He he was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him, in spite of myself. He's an elf. I guess he's an elf in this story. It wouldn't make sense. I mean, he's he's smaller than usual, you know. What makes him think he's better than the elves who build all these toys? He's like Jeff Bezos. He's the patron saint of elves, I believe. He's, uh, you know, he's been given, sort of given this position. Maybe the elves trade off and do Santa every year. You know, Or just the oldest elf is Santa. Right. And then they burn him in a wicker man afterwards. Right. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. Of course you don't have anything to dread. Was he thinking like, oh, it could be Santa coming in or it could be my stepdad? Could be Krampus, I guess. The thing thing that goes unspoken in in this poem is that he's relieved he's not being visited by Krampus. Fair enough. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. So kind of a magic, kind of a magical uh, departure. It doesn't really say how long he takes him though. If he shimmies straight up. I was imagining kind of a Superman thing where he just kind of like shoots straight up the chimney, but you're saying like he's wiggling his shoulders against the sides of the chimney and kind of working his way up. Right. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. What? What's that? You know when a dandelion becomes that puffball thing in the, uh-huh. uh, in the springtime? Um, well, it's sort of like that. You, uh, uh, like a, I imagine a thistle has down, like the downy feathers of a, of a goose that spring out from it and then blow away in the wind. Oh, well, it's very boring. Okay. But I heard him exclaim, 
ere he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. And you all can start your fires again. It's going to be the morning until you feel the warmth, but I came in the weird way. That's why you kind of want to know how to make an exit. You don't want to just sort of keep rambling on after mm-hmm. uh, after you say the best part of your message. Right. It's like, Santa's, Santa's good at saying goodbye. He's better than I would have been. He, you know what? He's a little too good at saying goodbye. I bet Santa's kind of a heartbreaker, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I would imagine Santa is a bit of a heartbreaker. Speaking of goodbyes, give everybody a, ho- a little holiday message. Pretend you're Santa flying off into the night. And wh- you're going to say your last sort of rhymed phrase. Oh, is this something I'm shouting out from the sled? You're like shouting this out night. from a sled as you as you sail off with with your eight tiny reindeer. Okay, so I'm Santa. I'm flying off. I'm done delivering for the night. This is the last house, and this is my, my final toot for the night. I'll be like, Merry Christmas to y'all folks. I'm going to go fly home and watch CSI. Uh, is it supposed to rhyme? No. I mean, presumably whatever the line was before that, that the narrator said rhymed with CSI. I don't know what I don't know what they would have rhymed with CSI. But, okay, uh, it's, it's, all right, how about this? Merry Christmas to all. Away I will fly. I'm going to go home and take my pants off and watch CSI. Perfect. There we go. Toot toot, one and all. Buddy, it's cold outside. No, Mr. Possum, you can't. Cause, buddy, it's Christmas time. And there's no possums on Christmas. That's not part of the holiday. There's no possums on Christmas. That's just not how we celebrate. Christmas is for cheer. Christmas is for giving and holding loved ones near. Well, Big Al, that sure sounds nice. So, so can I come inside? No, Mr. Possum, you can't. Because, as I've now said twice, there's no possums on Christmas That's not part of the holiday There's no possums on Christmas That's just not how we celebrate We put gifts, not possums Not with possums, but with our loved ones and families. We eat roast ham and beef. Not possums.
Jones at our Christmas feast. We hang mistletoe and bows and bells, not possum fur and teeth. But Big Al, can I come in? I, I just want to sit by the fire. No, Mr. Possum, you can't. We're caroling and eating Christmas pie. But I see some space on the floor between them unwrapped presents they're waiting. No, Mr. Possum, you don't fit the theme of what we're celebrating. Well, it sure looks like no one's eating that milk and cookies. Who are they for? that stuff out there for Santa not some possum crying out our front door but Big Al it sure is cold and it sure be nice if I could come inside oh Mr. Possum I would on any other night but there's no possums on Christmas not part of the holiday There's no possums on Christmas It's just not how we celebrate There's no possums on Christmas It's not part of the holiday There's no possums on Christmas It's just not how we celebrate